Welcome to Dayton War Cry Club. I'm Warren, and today I'm joined by my co-host Fred and special guest Atan from Off Meta Musings. We have a ton of we have a ton to cover tonight, including more tournament results from Warhammer Fest and some strategy discussion. But we'll also be giving our initial impressions of the new Warbands and Nightmare Quest that were just revealed today. All this plus our usual hobby update and upcoming local events from Dayton War Cry Club. Hey, good uh, evening, everybody. How's how are you guys doing? Hello, hello. Hey, so far so good. So we got a special guest on, uh, Atan from Off Meta Musings. Uh, if you guys follow our channel, you guys have probably heard of him as well. He does uh, does great content, kicks butt at tournaments, uh, kick, uh, does great hobby, does does it all. Right? It's just not fair. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know about kicking butt at tournaments. I, I consider myself an average player, but I don't know. It, it seems to work out for me. <laughs> hey, when you have good lists, you know, that goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, towards the end, we'll get to some strategy discussion that I really kind of wanted to talk with him about. But uh, it's also good timing that he was here because uh, he played at Warhammer Fest and we actually have the Warhammer Fest results there as well. And so as the time of recording, he's going to have a video probably coming out as well. We'll let him cover those details, but uh, we'd like to get his take on, on the lists. And then also, uh, today is uh, Saturday the 13th, and we also got the Nightmare Quest spoilers this morning. So we're going to cover those as well. Uh, but before we get into that, actually, uh, when anytime we have a guest on, we like to kind of just you know, ask, hey, what's your your hobby background? Like, you know, other games, what got uh -huh. you to Warhammer, everything else like that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I've been playing Games Workshop games ooh, at least 25 years, almost 30 years now. <laughs> I started with, um, it would have been third edition Warhammer 40,000. And um, yeah, I've just, I've just been going from there. And I've gone Warhammer 40k I did Warhammer Fantasy Battles uh into Age of Sigma all the all the various editions um right up to today um so that's it from uh like a, a miniatures game perspective um on the other side of things um I was pretty heavy into card games so I did the whole Yu-Gi-Oh for a while I did um the last big competitive games I was playing I don't know if you guys know of it Legend of the Five Rings Warren's a big Legend of the Five Rings player. Oh, yeah. I put a lot of miles in my car going to Kote tournaments. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So are we talking about uh, the, 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 the first edition or the... The original, yep. The original CCG. Okay. Okay. Now, I played, uh, I played the Fantasy Flight Games version. Um, I think the, I think one of the only two times I went to America was to go to the, um, the, the grand finals, um, the last grand finals that they did actually, um, up in Minnesota, uh, it's probably the coldest I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. I have the LCG. It just never really resonated with me the mm. way the original CCG did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all about the community really, um, for that game. Uh, that's, well, that's, yeah, that's community. Really yeah. The community for L5R is, is amazing regardless. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I did there. And um, yeah, I'm just back into Games Workshop games um, at the moment. Uh, I try and st steer clear from the big games, like the big 40K and Age of Sigma, just because I think it's way too big, way too complicated. Mm -hmm. It's just not 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 for me nowadays. Um, but yeah, I've, I've kind of settled into Warcry um, and that's, that's where I am today. 
Yeah, and relatively recent into Warcry too, right? You got in about a year or so ago. I mean, we're uh, all relatively new, but yeah, beginning of this edition um, is is when I jumped in. Uh, the previous edition kind of it it didn't take off um, over here because we had all the things happening in the world. Um, but um, yeah, I thought you know what, with the with the new edition coming out, I've already got a bunch of Age of Sigma models, so it, it cost me nothing to to actually play. Um, and I'm pretty lucky that um, over here in the UK we've got Warhammer World, and they run uh, regular events. They, they they run Warcry events monthly, um, so it's it's not a, a terrible thing for me to be able to just drive up there and, and play. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah, we're jealous. I got to run them myself here. <laughs> Well, awesome. So next we'll get into the hobby update. And uh, remember, uh, if you're listening, the best place to watch is on, is on the YouTube channel. Uh, we just broke 350 subscribers. If you can, please subscribe because we're going to make a push for about 500 now. I promise not to spam you with notifications or news posts or anything like that. Uh, but we also, uh, if, you're listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, we do offer an audio-only version on rss.com as well if you're listening. Uh, and if you're and if listening for an hour plus on YouTube is not your thing. So uh, with that said, uh, uh, for hobby update, uh, haven't done any painting. I was more in a build phase lately and still working on building uh, things. So I got some updates for flesh eater courts, uh, bought a box of crypt flares, built a Vargulf out of them. There's a crypt horror I built uh, as well some Skaven updates, and a whole lot of Orc Brutes. So updates for Warbands and uh, eventually prepping to uh, start doing Iron Jaws, a big push for Iron Jaws probably later this year. Good stuff. That's uh, an Arc Regent. Is that what that is? No, I have an Arch Regent already. So that's the Ghoul King. That's uh, the Ghoul I'm, King. Yep. I don't like Tactical Rocks, and the Ghoul <laughs> King Tactical Rock is beyond gaudy. Yeah, it's so, bad. Yeah, that's, you don't like your guys having to bring big chunks of masonry with them just to fight. That's correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they had some like extra scatters, some gravestones and stuff like that. So I like, you know, making them, you know, adding a little bit to the bases and stuff like that, hiding imperfections when I'm chopping up things and kit bashing. On the Vargulf, actually, uh, it's there to kind of actually brace that second leg because I found out the hard way that the one-legged pose is going to be tricky. Yeah, they have like a the the tiniest little contact point on the little teeny t uh, toes to hold up that whole model with those wings and everything. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have one sitting on my desk as well. He's awaiting surgery to to get reattached. And is that the um is that the forty k snake bite orc boss bottom right? It, it is. It's yeah. It's the beast boss actually. Yeah. Uh, I already had a brute boss. But then uh, I think it was Light Ninja on Discord. He posted a list that had two brute bosses, and I'm like, well, okay, now I need another brute boss because that list looks sweet. And uh, so, so that's my attempt at getting a second brute boss, but not having them look like identical. Mm. So he he came on a little bit larger base. He's he's rebased on a smaller base, and I took all like the gun bits off of him. So I think he fits in pretty good. But uh, you def you finished some stuff too there, A10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if if anyone's seen any of my stuff, uh, you know that I play a lot of uh, the Rumble Pack. So recently, I've been checking out kind of 
different kinds of lists that don't necessarily need to kill things to win that pack. Um, and Nighthaunt generally seen as being one of the worst uh, factions in Warcry. So I thought, okay, well, what, what would it take f for them to win? And I thought, well, they got movement six, they got fly, which is great. They all got toughness four, which is awesome. So let's try and lean into that. And I managed to put together a 10-man Nighthaunt list. Um, these are, they're all uh, Glaivewraith Stalkers. So normally the, the Stalkers are the, um, the, the push fit models with the horse heads um, and the Glaives. But I kind of don't like them, <laughs> and um, to fit in with the aesthetic of the rest of my Age of Sigma stuff, I've done all uh, no faces, uh, essentially. Like, none of my guys um, have any other faces. They're all just, like, hooded um, uh, hooded ghosts, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I chopped about a bunch of the scythe ghosts, um, gave them all spears, and, um, yeah, we got what, seven Glavery Stalkers that I managed to finish literally just this morning, um, plus all the other bits for them. And um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with um, as a warband. Like you, you don't tend to see ten man night haunt warbands that, that are actually any good. But I think I think this could be cool. Is that a uh, a briar queen? Yes, that's the briar queen. Also, a uh, little conversion there. I've given a lady Alinda's head um, because I've got another conversion for lady Alinda who got a normal banshee's head. So I kind of I, I kind of swap the heads around. Yeah, I um I've been looking at night haunt myself recently, and I picked up. A um, I, I'm doing a, a similar conversion with to make a to make a Briar Queen. I like the Briar Queen. Uh, I oh think, yeah, it's good. It's very good. I think it brings a lot of utility uh, to the Warband, so you can kind of snipe with it. Um, yep. I haven't played yet. Uh, I think the Warband, like you said in um, in Rumble Pack, especially on paper, I think you can kind of make something happen with it. Yeah, I mean, if if you've got enough terrain in there, um, just having an entire warband that can fly, I think, is is pretty useful. Um, and yeah, the, the the Briar Queen, just talking about her a little bit, she's the last remaining Toughness Five Nighthaunt, so <laughs> you you can't not use her. Absolutely, yeah, cool, nice nice looking warband too. Thank you. Yeah, later on we're going to see in some of the lists. Uh, there's actually a few other. Uh, things we had, had kind of identified from Underworlds as being uh, being out of place now in 2.0 that you could take advantage of. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see some of that. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I bet you probably could be successful. We have one night haunt here play one night haunt player here, and uh, he's started to figure out the knack of it. It can be frustrating to play against because it plays a game that like none of the other war bands play, but uh, could probably, you know, could do it fairly well in a lot of cases yeah of course i mean i mean i main hunters of Huanchi, so that's I think right I've, yep. uh, i think I've, I've got the experience in trying to not play i'm almost i'm almost not playing Warcry really i'm playing my own game all right well let's talk I, about uh nightmare quest spoiler um yeah i um both factions are really interesting yep so uh, haven't had time to really crunch the numbers yet. This stuff just dropped earlier today, but um, Quester Soulsworn look good. Yeah, I think I, I think Games Workshop have almost fixed Stormcast. Um, so Stormcast, they they're kind of okay um, as, as a faction. They, they do whatever it is that they do, but their problem is that if they get outnumbered, they really can't come back from that they've got too few models and mm -hmm. yeah i think with soul sworn 
um, they they got a lot of action cheating effectively. So yeah. I, I think they can kind of get around that. Um, you know, it, if people have been listening to the last couple, I've kind of been going on and on uh, lately about getting squeezing out those those activations, um, those kind of extra activation effects where you can get them, and like with the force of a thunderbolt is a like textbook example it's a free action on a double and that's really nice especially with good attack profiles yep plus you have the blood for the blood god there you have a you have a bonus move that you can that you can make yeah this is just all sorts of cheap ways to get extra activations out and we'll be talking about that at the tail end as well you got you got you also got i think it's the first order no not the first order teleport there's, there's already one but the, the most uh versatile order teleport on 165 point model which is real good i think yeah absolutely and it does not have the the current trend um that in 2.0 where they kind of took a lot of those abilities and made them uh faction specific mm-hmm. um which, you know, I don't know how relevant that's going to be necessarily, but it's still cool that it's not. You know, you 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 can teleport um, and do some really interesting things with some of those real big, slow, heavy hitters from Stormcast, and that's going to really wreck some people's day. Every once in a while, you're going to pull something off that just is going to feel like cheating <laughs> um, by getting models, you know, all the way across the board out of nowhere. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, um, I think one one thing that isn't here, um, you'll see that all the fighters have the hero room mark, um, and Soul Sworn have um, the they can do it. They're 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 allowed to um, take as many fighters with the hero room mark as they want in faction, and then they can still ally two other heroes in um, if they want to. So I think considering how cheap they are, because they're, they're they're not that expensive. They were what 160 to 175 yep. points probably by the looks of things um it, i i think they offer the, they, they offer quite a bit for anyone who just wants to ally a guy in they've got a bunch of useful actions so you can kind of pick and choose and then go okay i want to teleport so let's ally the teleporting guy in yep or, yep. You know. <clears throat> yep cheaper than annihilator prime uh they're easy to use with their doubles to get extra action economy out of them yeah it's very cool and like you said there's um it's it's cool that they have a bunch of interesting and kind of semi not necessarily unique but but they have cool abilities and the ability to pick and choose it you don't just have to take the leader if you want the abilities is going to make building order warbands um really interesting for a while yeah i'm 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 agonizing right now over which one because there's seven different profiles and you can take six now i'm agonizing over which one gets left on the bench Oh, uh, you take the spear, definitely. If, if, you, if the, the range three spear you take out? No, no, you, you take it, oh. you, you bring it with you. Um, so I think you, you take the teleporter, you take, um, what else, what else do you take? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I think they're, they're all pretty good. this guy, the, the other range two guy, not the, not the one with the AOE up top. I like the AOE guy too. Right. It's a the AOE abilities in this game generally aren't like amazing. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, this guy is kind of like middle of the road, right? Everyone else is, you know, they're range one that hit hard, or you have a couple 
or you have like a range three and a range two, maybe this guy. Yeah, spear guy is definitely better. Yeah, I, I guess so because hammer guy hits harder, but spear guy's got the range, so he's kind of sitting there in the middle. He doesn't—he doesn't really do anything that either of the others do. He's—he just does. He's—he's—he's he's, he's average. Yeah. Oh, and then also worth noting, you have a couple interesting damage profiles. You have a two-three damage profile and a three-four damage profile here. Yeah, there's some there's two threes in um, the uh, flesh eater quartz one two. So you're getting rid uh, of those swingy crits. Yep. But then again, you also have some two fives in here. So they haven't gotten yeah. completely away from <laughs> crits. But um, yeah, no, I, th I saw that too. And I thought that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these guys. I already got a, I, I'm already in my head, got a, 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 a theme and a, a painting scheme for them. But then, uh, then uh, yeah, death gets a ton of brewing uh, options here too, coming up. I like these guys a lot. Um, the only thing that I don't love about them is that the ghouls um, that are going to be your rank and file chaff choices have that move five elven um, physique mm -hmm. that uh, got uh, got you know pretty pretty bad in 2.0. The three toughness eight wound move five models. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, Pack tactics is really cool. Uh, I really like it. It's going to be fun to play with. Um, and their movement ability is potential. This warband is potentially very, very fast. Um, with Sound the Hunt. And then, of course, the FEC kind of Unleash the Hounds uh, ability to get models moved across the board. Um, so they're really, really fast. They have a couple of decent damage dealers. And uh, they have some. They have that um, pack tactics, which is a fun ability, but their their chaff model is not ideal. I mean, it's fifty five points, so it, it's never going to be amazing, um, especially considering it's paying the the movement tax there for that movement five. Uh, if, if it was movement four, toughness four, uh, you know, or a couple more wounds, but it is what it is. The warband is fast, and that that's just what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, not terrible, just, you know. Um, and as, uh, as Warren pointed out in our chat and on the Discord earlier today, is that uh, the um, pack tactics can be used in skeleton spam as well. Yeah, it just counts friendly fighters. So you could ally in, or I'm sorry, no, you, yeah, because that's on the leader. So you can ally in the leader at 175. It brings another. Again, you have your you have your choice of options and tricks to use in death now, right? Do you want the hard hitting Escurgan exemplar? Do you want res tricks? You want you know Sons of Elmorn? Uh, do you want this guy and just play into you know your spam? Or you can build around, you you can play this as the base to get the Baron, and the Baron has this movement ability, the the movement ability sound the hunt, and you can build around that. You know, use that to to get fighters in, into combat. So you could bring in the Sons of Elmorn and launch those Grave Guard equivalents into combat. Yeah, there's a ton of different ways you could kind of build with these. Uh, those are two uh, really powerful looking abilities. Yeah, I think 
I think if I was playing pure beast, not pure beast, beast flayers, but if I was taking beast flayers as the base of my warband and not just like allying in the um the the, the ghoul king from here into somewhere else, um, I think that double on the baron is kind of where you need to go, um, because. So I, I like the medium ghouls, but I see that strength three and I go, I can never take these because there's way too much, um, there's way too much toughness for in the game at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. But the rest of their profile is fantastic. They got movement five, they got toughness four, they got 12 wounds, which is really good. Uh, I'm a fan of that two, three damage profile. I actually, I actually think it's pretty funky because it gives them almost guaranteed damage, you know, roughly how much damage you're going to do when you run in um but yeah i think that strength three is a problem so i'm almost tempted to drop those ghouls if i were doing it and really lean into that movement um movement ability so you could do something like ally in a pair of um ask again true blade exemplar and then shoot them at your opponent um through the baron yeah uh, which i think is pretty fun um i also found out that the cheapest chosen of the king combo so using Chosen of the King from um, your standard Flesh Eater Quartz, um, the, that cheapest one is 390 points. So you could go like Baron, your Lord, the two guys you need for Chosen of the King to really mow down enemy fighters, and a bunch of ghouls to build like a nine-man warband. Um, oh, yeah. A, uh, the what? Ghoul King and then a Haunter, right? Haunter, yeah, exactly. And the Haunter's just a tank it's got i think 32 wounds or something insanely tough exactly and, and what you have is a bunch of high quality doubles which is yeah. something that up outside of sound the hunt it's something that this warband doesn't actually have and you can you can always just throw dice into doubles and in all day long if you want to and i think having a warband with enough really good doubles um mm. can 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 really work I, I like that concept a lot. It also kind of goes back to the Sons of Velmorn who have um, sibling rivalry yeah. as the you can dump dice into and you can shoot them across the board and sibling pour your doubles into sibling rivalry to have them punch above their weight class. Yes, and uh, they, they have their own movement ability also because they um, they got the Soulblight Gravelord's uh, movement double if they're a range of a character. Horde? I forget uh, what yeah, Shambling Horde, I think. Yeah. So, so... Really, death is you can go a lot of different ways with this warband, and I think that's cool. I like the Baron a lot. That's a really powerful movement ability on a double, um, and it's going to be really fun to, to play around with. I like the Chosen of the King combo, because if you're worried about Toughness 4, Chosen of the King on the Haunter is a great way to rip through Toughness 4 models. Exactly, yeah. What does he get, six attacks on, uh, on the King? Yeah, he gets. Yep, yeah, he, get yeah, he can go up to six. That's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot of attacks. Yep, uh -huh. but he gets around that problem because, like, so many times we build these sweet-looking like undead soup lists, and there's like a million triples to choose from, <laughs> right? Oh, I can res, I can teleport, but you can never do all of those. Like the 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 Dreadblade Harrow Vargulf list. It's like you want to be using Maddening Frenzy plus teleport plus have triples, <laughs> yep. and you're like. And res, yeah. Dice. Um, but yeah, having, like you said, if you can just cram a bunch of good trip doubles in there, you have a lot of flexibility. Mm. This is going to be really fun to play with, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I, really, I think this is what I'm going to try and mess around with for the next few months or so. Yeah, and I think that you could have some really, like, blowout turns with pack tactics. Um, 
like you don't even have to build around it necessarily if you have nine or so models you could just randomly like deal six damage to toughness six fighters and that's going to be a good turn um well i mean you can take if you really wanted to you could take the lord and 14 ghouls um <laughs> run them all into a thing and then do 30 wounds to a guy yeah we, we can do that <laughs> Triple bracket monster. Like, let's go. Come on. Yeah, and so the, the interesting thing about um, pack tactics is uh, normally an ability like this would have a one-inch range, but it's got a three-inch range. So you could be, like, behind a wall and pack tactics. Uh, pack tactics. So, and also, yep. Yeah, and, so the, um, the target no... only has to be visible to the Lord, not to the things yeah. that it's swarmed by. And there's yeah. no range either. You could... You could call yeah. up pack tactics from like across the board as yeah. long just as long as you can see you can be holding down one objective and dropping pack tactics onto another objective to let those ghouls punch above their weight class um like if you have like stormcast sitting there with 20 wounds and six toughness that your ghouls can't scratch dealing six damage mm. you know uh to that to that 20 wound profile is taking a big chunk out of it you know so it, this is a fun warband. I think that the middle tier guys aren't great. I don't like the hounds. I don't like the the uh, ninety five point guys, but I really like the the royal beast flayer. I really like the baron, and then of course you have ghouls. Sure. I think the hounds actually aren't bad at one thirty for the hounds. Uh, I was comparing versus flesh hounds. They're like way more affordable than flesh hounds at one eighty five, and you get almost as much. I don't think. I I, th I think they're okay, and that's that's kind of their problem. Uh, if they're not excelling at doing whatever it is that you're paying your 130 points for, then why am I bringing them? Uh, right. Like, you know? uh, my, my thought is is that they bring a lot of speed, but this warband is already very fast. Exactly. And so you're paying 130 points, which is more than two ghouls. You have three toughness. What is that, 18 wounds? Yes. Yeah. Like the glassiest thing in the world, but it's certainly on the list for 130 points as far as being glassy. And like you can get across the board really fast, but your Baron can get anybody across the board really fast. So I don't know that they they bring a lot to the table for this specific warbands. I think there are warbands that would like them, but I don't think this is the yeah, one. My, my basis for comparison is Griffhounds. You get way more for 130 than you get for a Griffhound at 115. And you're not breaking the bank with a 185 flesh hound. Yeah, but griffhounds are like kind of good in the sense that like they're cheap for stormcast and they're fast for stormcast, and stormcast are slow and expensive. Like yeah, they they, they have a very different complement it. Yeah, yeah. Where in this warband, like you wouldn't take griffhounds if you had them in this warband anyway. And like I don't know that you want like a 15 point more expensive. I, I don't know. I don't think you want another fast, glassy model in this fast, glassy warband. Well, I mean, if, I you, if you really wanted, right, just, just uh, if, if if you think about that list I was talking about, um, the slingshotting things, just because of the way the points work out, you can bring um, direwolves instead. Yeah, yeah. And, like yeah, and I'd rather get a six-inch move on a direwolf plus it's, I think it's got eight-inch move by itself or ten-inch move, some, something ridiculous like that. So... And the Crypt Haunters are fast, too. They have six-inch move, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah, so, like, you have a lot of speed options available to you, I think. And so I think the Hound gets squeezed out a little bit. But 
Um, yeah. That's true. As a bespoke, someone asked on Discord, like how this kind of fares out. I think as a as a bespoke, I think this is right there in the middle with all the other bespokes. Though you have some good quality models, you have ten models and stuff like that. It'd probably hold its own with other bespokes. Yeah. At least. I think so. Yeah, and it's, I, it's fine. Take the middle tier out, throw it right into the garbage, and stack it with ghouls or allies, and you probably have a very competitive warband. All right. Well, enough about that, though. Let's get into the meat of the uh, of the episode here. Warhammer Fest results. So first off, we're going to kind of cover just the overview of the tournament here. Uh, we had 55 players. Uh, it was all four Rumble Pack missions. Uh, a couple other channels have covered this already, too. Um, Optimal State Gaming had had, uh, had covered this, uh, as well as kind of an overview of the list. So this is kind of our take on it. Uh, not going to go into reading all of them, but uh, they're all, I believe those are all objective missions. Yeah, they are. There's two six objective missions and two four objective missions. Uh, one of them is you capture the objectives and you can burn them for additional points and then just yep. remove them from the field. Um, and the last one, what was the last one? Uh, I can't remember the last one. <laughs> it was uh, Tides of Battle. Yes. So I, I had two questions for you, and if you're going to cover this in your report, then then feel free to just kind of give a summary. But the uh, spoils of war, the one where you burn, yes. uh, where you can burn the objectives. How did that play? Because that one doesn't have a good reputation just on paper online. Um, but, so the answer is it 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 depends. Um, it depends on the size of your warband completely. Um, for spoils of war. Now there is a list that I think we're going to go over, which is like a seven-man chaos uh, chaos warrior list or something along those lines. Yep. Um, and I think he won his spoils of war game. So the the idea that small war bands can't win spoils of war, I think, it doesn't. It, it depends. Is, is okay. the answer. Um, so it's okay. So it's something we should probably try at our next meetup. Then we've been avoiding this one just because. Like, give, of, it a, give it a of, go. I mean, yeah, people right. online, yeah, people online saying, "Oh, this sucks," and so I'm like, "Okay, I'll stay away from it." Okay. Yeah, so I, I've played it a bunch. Um, I went to an event, I think, what would it be, uh, like three days ago, and we played Spoils of War. Um, I ended up winning it. I won by one point, um, but that's because we comboed Spoils of War with. Um, uh, there's a secondary where you can put treasure tokens um, on the field, uh, and you get three treasure tokens, and then whoever holds the treasure tokens gets two points at the end. Um, so I managed to win it just because I managed to keep the treasure tokens. Um, I burned two, and then my opponent burned two. Uh, but it's not as... It, it, you hear that, and you think, oh, we just captured two on the first turn. It wasn't actually like that. I managed to stop my opponent from capturing on turn one one of their objectives. Um, but they they managed to capture it on turn two, and then they burn it on turn three. So it's kind of an equivalent amount of points that we managed to get. My opponent managed to get more points from Spoils of War objectives than I did. And the only reason I won is because I had the treasure. But if it wasn't that secondary, I basically wouldn't have won that game. Um, so I think, depending on your build... Um, there are ways to get more points out of Spoils of War, especially if you want to, if you're able to hold on to your objective for an additional turn and wait out your opponent to see when they're going to burn. Because if you see your opponent burns their objective, 
first action in turn two, you can go, okay, well, I'm just going to hold on to my objective, get mm -hmm. the additional point, and then on top of that, I'm going to get another two points next turn when I do decide to burn it. So yeah, I think you have that to make, could be... Yeah, you have to make calculated risks there. Exactly, yeah. I think that could be a decider if you were just playing plain spoils. Um, but, of course, you, you, you kind of need to play the secondaries with these uh, these missions you, you can't just play the missions because they're way outbalanced if, if you don't um, if you don't play the that, secondary resources. that gets to my second question which you already actually answered which was uh we when we play them here in the u.s these missions we just play the primary and we're yep. just doing the normal the normal major minor victory thing yeah but yep. since you have the hit the victory points it's so it sounds like yes um the victory or the secondaries could sway you one way or the other, you know, if, act as a, a minor tiebreaker or something like that. Were any of them, uh, did any of them seem like really unbalanced? Like, you, um, know, you could ignore the primary and just go after the secondary? Sure. So there's only one real secondary that does that. It's um, Strong Arm the Competition. Um, now, there has been a couple of versions of Strong Arm. Uh, there's a new version that was released a couple of months ago by the, um, the Warhammer World events team. And then there's this version, which was the original um, Strong Arm, the competition. Um, just to give a little bit of background into this pack itself, um, it was written by the Warhammer World events team just so they could run an event in an afternoon. From, so they, they run an event running from 5 o'clock in the evening to um, about 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And they wanted missions that you could feasibly play in one hour. Um, so they wrote this pack specifically for that. Um, and through the, they, they, they do one event a month. So through those events, they've kind of been tweaking the missions a little, a little bit and they've been, um, they've been updating them as they go. But this is the first version um, of Strong Arm. So okay. I, when it, you... I, I thought, I thought this was the most recent one, but I'll, I'll defer no, no, to this, you this, since this, you played them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, the one that they used at Warhammer Fest was the original, pack that was published ah, okay. way back in whenever it was published the ones that they're using up at whammer world are the updated packs that they've been working on um but yeah uh, so strong arm um if you combine strong arm the competition with any of the four objective missions um it's really difficult to win the game uh, just by doing the missions themselves. Because Strong Arm gives you three victory points, and usually Spoils of War or Power Struggle, um, they're going to give you one point um, by holding the objectives. So your opponent needs to hold at least three objectives to counter um, uh, you doing strong, uh, you managing to get Strong Arm every turn. Mm -hmm. And that's the main problem there. But if you combo strong arm with any of the six objective missions, which are genu generally giving you one point or maybe two points per turn, um, that allows those smaller warbands to be able to uh, kind of compete in that space because it gives them something that they can do against chaff-heavy warbands that might not have enough wounds to hold the center of the battlefield. I see. Yeah. So you might go. You might go take out some guys. Uh, you know, maybe threaten some objectives, but really center your your forces in the middle and just rack up those three those three points per turn. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've got like one storm cost, for example, twenty wounds, um, your opponent needs oh, to put yeah. Three, yeah, your opponent needs to put uh, three skeletons into the center of the battlefield just to, to score those points against one storm cost. 
because skeletons are eight wounds, right? So that's 24 wounds yeah. versus 20. Um, and then you've got the rest of your warbands, if you're playing Stormcast, to go and get other objectives. So if you can hold down two or three objectives, for example, or let's say two objectives, let's be um, thinking about it, two objectives plus the center of the battlefield, that's a lot of points that you can be generating out of a very small warband in a six objective mission. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to think about. Um, Salty's, Salty's tournament pack, uh, I'm thinking about starting to try test out some of those just because, you know, with, with these, you have 36 different combinations of primary and secondary. You don't know which ones are going to be yeah. like good or not unless, you know, you ask around and, we, and for specific combinations. Um, so, yeah, I'm always on the lookout for, you know, kind of preset like let someone else kind of do the play testing on, on something <laughs> all right but uh as we'll as we'll see though right with these four objective based missions there's definitely a skew uh especially at those those uk events towards larger war bands which we're seeing right here with the winner yes. michael appleton so for those listening he ran a vargoyle Abhorrent Arch Regent, allied in, Dire Wolf, uh, three Grave Guard with Great Weapon, Grave Guard with Shield, three Skeletons with Spears, and two Zombies. So real mix and match sort of warband there for 1,000 points and 12 models. We were just talking last episode about how we hadn't yet seen Soulblight Gravelord skeleton spam type lists put up um major results yet and they now have um they are good uh you know everybody wasn't wrong looking at 2.0 that these these type of lists could be successful this is an interesting one the vargoyle is an interesting choice um for a leader that i think has kind of fallen out of favor a little bit used to be popular in 1.0 um the uh, dire wolf is certainly uh, we were talking about earlier adds a lot of speed. Uh, this warband manages to cram like twelve models in, but have a fair amount of uh, ability to not only cover the board with models, but also have some sneaky speed to it. With uh, Vargoyle as a flyer, the Abhorrent Arc region to bring the FEC movement buff. The dire wolf um, can definitely spread out and grab objectives early as well. Yeah, I was going to put a picture of the Vargoyle on here to so the stat blocks. We can talk about it. I think the Vargoyle has always been good. Uh, and we've been seeing him. We, we saw him in 1.0. And I've also been seeing him in uh, lists on Best Coast pairings from Spain. He's very popular in, in, uh, in the uh, in the performing Soulback Gravelords lists there as well. Like, I've seen double Vargoyle lists. But, uh, you know, as, you know, getting being able to move around, getting access to the res, uh, being a little bit tougher than a vampire lord, uh, you know, if he's going to be your linchpin, uh, yeah, he just does a lot of stuff for you, and you can afford it with you know, everything else being so cheap. Yeah, I think, I think what you need, especially if you're playing in the rumble pack missions, and you're going to run, you, you, it's quite common that you're going to run into eight, nine, ten, and more fighter lists. Um, you need something that can chew through chaff reliably. Um, and I think that's something that the Vargoyle does do. Um, he's got he's got the speed. Um, does Vargoyle have fly? I think it does. Yeah, um, he's definitely a flyer. Yeah, exactly. So he can and get fly, where right? he needs to get yep. to. The Vargolf is a move eight flyer. The Vargoyle is the move ten. I think there I'm. 
that right. Yeah, so he can get to where he needs to. Um, I've played against this list a couple of times now. Uh, Michael likes to mess around with his um, uh, uh, vampire lists. Uh, he's, I, th I think he has a very sizable collection, and he, he just tries a whole bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, I've, I've played against this list a couple of times. It's, I would explain... Uh, I would say it's annoying to play against because you've got the Grave God that can do damage. You've got the Arc Regent, which can boost their speed and can do damage. You've got the Vargoyle, which can do damage. Um, so I, I usually find it just too much to be able to deal with and um, do everything that I need to do um, in, in, in my turns, especially when we're playing these missions that we've seen. Yeah, and skeletons and zombies too, like a mix there too is interesting. Yeah. I, it's for the points. I know oh, uh, skeletons. They're, they're the same, right? No, yeah, they're they're all forty points each. So it's a yeah. it's a choice. Do you want um, zombies same. have a couple more wounds? Yeah, yeah, zombies have a couple more wounds. Wounds skeletons have the extra inch of range. Yeah. Um, but um, the uh, the other thing you know that the vargoyle brings is that move ten plus the res ability does let you like get across the board and start resing models. Yes. Um, that are normally slow models like he can you don't have to worry about boosting their speed you just push them forward let them die the vargoyle flies to where you want them and reses them there uh which is something i did a lot of in 1.0 when i was playing spiders with two brood masters mm -hmm. they just spread to opposite corners of the board spiders go everywhere and then when they die you pick which side of the board you want to res them on and it gives you a lot of ability to put models where you want them too which is nice when you have that on a fast model um it's really powerful you bring a grave guard like resit on the opposite corner of the board um it's like you gained a lot of movement activations for for a triple yeah it, yeah it's a little weaker now but yeah still a strong play yeah all right next up uh a name he's probably infamous there by now alan bevan he my boy <laughs> not not much to not much to say here uh, that hasn't already been said about the the Chimera Nurgle list. Um, so I'll just I, I just have one comment from Salty as he's been tabulating results here. Uh, post nerf Chimeras are sixteen two and two according to Salty's data. So well, that I mean, should tell you something right there. They've lost games, so they're fine, right? Yeah, yes. they're beatable. Beatable, no problem. Um, yeah, just a, just an 80 plus percent win percentage plague bearers are so ridiculous yeah um, um they're I, absurd yeah uh, so i i was um discussing with alan uh not that event but the previous one um he was like yeah i i'll always take the chimera because it's the best thing and i'm and i said that at 515 points i think the chimera is actually okay at this points level my problem is with those plague bearers yeah. Um, are absolutely the problem. 515 yeah. is a crippling amount of points for almost any warband to take, but yeah. plague bearers are so good at their point cost that it's okay. You're still, how many models is this? Nine models. Yep. And plague bearers, not only are they just cheap, because other warbands have cheap models as well, but they're like good at 50 points. Yeah. Like, you're not just taking them because they're 50 points. It's like they're 50 points and they're better than 50 points should be anyway. Yeah, they got wounds, they got toughness, they got real good spike damage when they roll those crits. The thing that startled me about them when I first put together 
my plague bearer list. And I, I played the Chimera list. I have my list that I like a lot with Lord of Afflictions and Varengard, um, which is like basically taking the Chimera and splitting it into two slightly smaller monsters. Hmm. Um, is that people would move up into a group of plague bearers like, yeah, we'll just clear out this 50 point chat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then they start swarming you and they got like a one four damage profile and they start critting you and you're like oh shoot yeah that's exactly what happens they just swarm you and they just roll a bunch of dice and those four crits really add up yeah the plague bearers are the problem 100 i I think i think if they were 60 points a piece um suddenly they'll still be good for 60 points they they still have a stat line that's fantastic for 60 points um but then this list would lose two plague bearers it would go down to a seven man warband um and i think so i i I think the problem with a seven man chimera list is that early rounds of a tournament it will it will still walk through because not everyone is there to um to not not everyone knows how to fight against the chimera list um some people kind of panic when they see it that kind of thing uh but it'll start to struggle once it gets to the top tables um because then you're going to have players who are prepared for it and who can really capitalize on your opponent only having like base seven activations plus the chimera section two right yeah yeah. for example i wouldn't want to take seven model chimera up against that 12 model soul by gravelord list we just talked i wouldn't want to take them up against like a 10 model caradron overlord list either that is just going to shred your plague bearers with you know shots at eight inch range and outnumber you on the board and the chimera can't like clear them off every objective on its own Um, but getting to take seven plague bearers is a lot (laughs) like that's really a lot of, of value you're getting out of that but you're right for 350 points with seven plague bearers, you're getting 70, 80 points for free almost because they're undercosted by that much. Yep. So enough about that. Let's uh, let's talk about happier warless. Here's a here's a feel good story for you. Third place, Andrew Firth, also four and zero, played Seraphon, played the entire Starblood Stalkers Warband. Uh, Kixitaka, Clacktrock, Otapotl, Tok, Huachi, and Zepic, and just brought in a couple Seraphon uh, heroes uh, as well. Source Knight Alpha at 195, Source Old Blood at 175. Um, both pretty, you know, medium heroes, 25 wounds, uh, modest attack profiles, but uh, yeah, total of 1,000 points, eight models. Mm. Right, those. So um, those those Saurus, um characters, but they they punch above their weight though because they've got the tearing bite. Tearing bite is ridiculous. Oh yep, yep. <clears throat> tearing bite is basically what sneaky stab, um, old school sneaky stab on like a double. It's it's a lot of damage. Um, but this list surprised me. It, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not sitting here. I'm not gonna pretend like I was like yeah. You know what's gonna do really well at Warhammer Fest is. Starblood stalkers, but uh, you a good player with them can set up some really nasty tearing bite turns. Um, like I don't know, eight models, none of them like on the list that I think a lot of people would consider like broken models to do this well is is really interesting. So this gets into yeah, this gets into you know 1.0 pointing and statting versus 2.0. And 
these guys are kind of attractive. Like you're paying 80, 90 points for some of them, but you're getting, these are 10 wound Seraphon. These are 10 wound skinks. Uh, Aten, I you'd probably kill for 10 wound skinks. I mean, I do. I ally, I ally a bunch of them in. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was gonna pick up on that. That's that's really the secret of the Starblood Stalkers, why they're so good. Um, so this edition, what are you paying for? You're paying for movement, is the number one thing you pay for. Any fighter, if you check him out with um, movement six, you're going to be paying at least. I mean, at least in Hunters of Huanchi that I play, you're paying at least seventy points. And that's yep. with a garbage stat profile, the rest of it. Yep. But you're paying for that movement six. Same for Skaven. Exactly. Um, and these are 1.0 costed, which means you're not paying for the massive movements. You're, you're paying less for it. And you, you, you pay for it in other ways. Um, but you really get to keep their points down, keep the big movement, keep really good. That, those 10 wounds are super good with the Seraphon reaction. It makes them way more tanky than they have any right to be um and it makes them really really versatile just just because of that yeah uh one final note about this uh so shout out to warcrier.net uh i was using them referring them quite a bit when when pulling up stuff as opposed to my own pdfs uh warcrier.net uh run by servo scribe uh you're an online uh warcry encyclopedia essentially uh and i think there's the way he's got it set up, I think we I got another misprint to to report to him there on on talk there with his 32 crit damage, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it it's amazing what he has kind of set up behind the scenes with data entry and stuff like that, and he actually already has the two new warbands on the site as well. So uh, yeah, shout out to to ServoScribe and Warcrier.net. Uh, let's see here. So those are the three undefeateds. Uh, yeah, with 55 players, four rounds, you had still had four undefeateds, and you had to kind of go to tie breaks. Uh, it sort of is what it is with you know trying to just do a, a single day event. Uh, fourth place though, we have uh, we have good old Caradron Overlords, and this is uh, similar to what we've been seeing before. This is Ian Adkins at 301, double Admiral, double Thunderer <laughs> with either cannon. Uh, he's got the two the 275 Ender Master with the dirigible suit and four Arcanauts with pistols. So that's still nine models at 985 points. Um, something about this. I, uh, I don't think you went 3-1-1. I think you went 3-1-1. Three, one, one. Three, that's just uh, what I've got written down anyway from my... Uh, that's, that'd be I, five rounds. Sorry, not 3-1-1. Not one, one. Uh, so... Did he draw? No, he didn't. I'm going mad. Okay, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> No yeah, I, I think um, he had, I think he had a five and a, a three fives and a three on BCP when I looked, yeah, which would okay. have been a draw. I sure. So, um, I like Ko a lot. Um, I've been playing him a lot locally. Um, and my list is is fairly close to this. Um, yeah. the the admiral I I really like. We there's there, we talked about this last week, and there's been some talk on the Discord about it. I think. If you're building a gunline list like this, you stay away from the melee models, the Endrin Master with um, Endrin suit, whatever, the other Endrin Master, the foot guy that's melee only, the, um, the, the pikes, that kind of stuff, and you just shoot. And the Admirals are good enough with, at melee profiles that they can, they can be your countercharge units. Um, the Endrin Master is a fine melee fighter. And but all of them can sit back and shoot with your 
aether cannons and pistols and make sure you're getting full value out of your fight for profits. And I think that this list is built really synergistically that way. And I really like it. Uh, I think that this kind of gun line KO list is, is really good. Yeah. I showed you this. I showed you this when it popped up immediately because I knew you would love the double admiral since you love your admiral so much. Yeah, and then right. also like the, the engine master with dirigible suit at 275. Everyone talks about the mizzen master and there's people, a lot of folks bringing in the mizzen master as the ally of choice, but the mizzen master also has kind of reputation for being a little glassy mm. and for 25 points more, you get those five extra wounds uh, about the same damage profile. And uh, I think, I think you like the injured master over the mizzen master as well. Right. Right. Yeah, I take an engine master. The engine master's gun. The the mizzen master has the pistol. Um, and then the uh, engine master has the the cannon, whatever you want to call it. But um, so he he can do a little bursty. He, he 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 does well with fight for profit. You know, you get up to four, five, three, six at twelve inches is is a really good shooting profile. Oh, he's, yeah, bust himself. That's like a. Um, that's like an old school uh, Thunder Fist type shooting profile, right? Like, um, so. Oh, yeah. Um, I think this list is really good. I think if you're going to events, expect to see KO gunline lists. Arknots are goofy. Like, they have so many wounds. They have so many wounds. A10, you, you guys have a lot of. Is he like the only KO guy there then? Because uh, I, I hadn't seen him. So th there were two players uh in this event uh but uh, overlords just aren't popular in the uk <laughs> really yeah um it's i said it's I, interesting I, right yeah i i did i did a whole like prediction thing about what i expected to see and um i had i think 10 tournaments or 12 tournaments worth of actual data um to go into that and not one person brought arconauts um, that I had the information for. So that, that, that'll tell you something. Maybe uh, he's just waiting in, wait, 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 waiting in the wings to, um, to, to bring out those Arcanauts to win the event. Yeah. Uh, like we were talking about how good Plague Bearers are, mm. and like Arcanauts with pistols are like also on that list of like what you get for your 50 points is really outrageous. Oh, yeah, sure. And Fight for Profit is just nutty um how good it is um so you you combine those two things and there's that you can build them in a lot of different ways like i have a mortar instead of the second aether cannon and move the points around a little bit in a couple of different places to get to 10 models but like you can go a lot of different routes with it there's a couple of different heavy guns that are good there's a bunch of different heroes that are good as long as you just stack a bunch of arc knots and enough heroes to give them all fight for profit you're like you have a pretty high floor um, with with KO. Yeah, sure, and, and especially if you're playing um, a tournament pack that does kind of favor you bringing a lot of models. Um, one thing that Karadra and Overlords do really well is sit on an objective and shoot other people off of objectives. Yep. <laughs> at the same time, so <laughs> they don't have to go to a place to um, to get people off of objectives. They can just do it from where they are. And yeah, even the treasure mission, even the treasure mission, if you run the treasure mission, there's treasures all over the place, too. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is like they we were talking about getting that action economy and where you can. And it's like they play like more than nine models, kind of like if you take nine because they can sit on one objective and shoot on the other. Like 
they they project force and control territory like even more than nine models kind of it feels like um which is is good you know that's a good feeling to have like you feel like from earlier on you don't have as many wasted activations trying to get in position because your whole army shoots you yeah so so i i like the way they play i think they play well in the rumble pack like they're designed well for for those all right next up we have a whole parade of uh soul blight coming up here fifth place it had demetrios uh at three and one and so now we got some some uh crimson court models in here he's got prince duval anias curseborn uh he's got a necromancer in there vargskir uh two grave guard with great white blade grave guard with shield and then four skeleton warriors so let's uh a total of 11 models at 995 points. Uh, my only loss during the event was against this, uh, this this list. Interesting. Yeah, this list is, you know, hey, you get uh, Anias, uh, yep. who is you know, yep. uh, outrageously cheap for a move six flyer in 2.0. Yeah, he's a little blender. Um, he runs into some chaff and he can, he can chop him up. Uh, the Varg Skier is really interesting to me um, to include. Uh, I don't think that it's – I'm not the only one out there that would say it would not be their, like, top choice of um, SPGL model to take. But, uh, you know, you can't argue with the result. Um, it's one of those – like, Varg Skier has two attacks, I think. Yes. It's one of those like two attack, high strength, high damage, but like low number of attacks type models um, that like statistically tend to underperform because, you know, generally you like to roll a lot of dice, but, um, you know, a lot of Grave Guard, uh, cheap flyer, like good stuff going on in here. Yeah, we'll see a summary of all these and we kind of compare them all at the tail end. I'll put this there just for you. Put that there just for you, Fred. Yeah, because I, I know you're thinking you're all, you're always brewing soul blight lists. Yes, I have so so many soul blight lists. So here's another one, uh, uh, Danielle, uh, White King Necromancer, Kosargi Night Guard, Skeleton Champion at seventy points, two Grave Guard with Great White Blade, and uh, nine skeleton warriors. So he's a uh, box uh, of skeleton warriors. Is what yeah, it is. Fifth, yeah. So five with spear, four with blade, 15 models uh, at thousand points. So like this list right here is the kind of thing where it's like you take out the Gasari night guard, you downgrade a skeleton champion to a skeleton warrior. You find five other points. You like downgrade a, a grave guard to a sword and board grave guard. You fit that. Uh, royal beast player in there and you pack tactics people into the dirt like this <laughs> that i'm excited about like you just get those pack tactics in there 15 like here's not here comes nine skeletons hope you like taking 18 damage um so yeah good stuff here like cool list uh kosari night guard is another that's another um curse city model up there with the vark skier uh you don't see it a ton but um you know, I'm sure the points worked out well, I think, is probably why that's there. Uh, to get to exactly 1,000 points when you have 15 models, you know. Um, but, uh, and this, of course, like, I don't know if it ever happened in this event, but this list is built where you can have, like, the most insane um, dance macabre 
turns with this many skeletons. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And a necromancer, like you, you know, you tend not to build around quads, but if you have a decent list anyway that could potentially have like the most insane turn ever, like why not? Yeah, for sure, so, for sure, for sure. So is um, this is this the player that always runs fifteen model grave guard or fifteen uh, model Light? There's another name know. I've seen as well. Yeah, so we we had well, I think one event, one other event that I went to. Uh, there was a player who ran fifteen. Um, 15 models and basically a ton of skeletons uh there was no night guard in there though so i think it, it think, i think it might be a different one okay i um, yeah i know this is not the first 15 model list that i've seen uh from the warhammer uk events i mean um it's some, something to say about those uh, our events in the uk um soul black grave lords really popular uh it's, yeah, we're, yeah, we're seeing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's one of those factions that seems to really chime with the with the UK players. Um, I think something like almost ten percent of the field um, was Soul Black Gravelords. Yep, I, I I collected some of those stats too. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that the faction is like absurdly deep and uh, good. Also, right? There's a million different ways to build it. It's competitive in a lot of different ways. I I can see it being a popular list. This list also gets me real excited. Yep. So we got, this is there. this is two. Yep. This is two uh, Underworlds warbands. This is Crimson Court and Sepulchral Guard just mixed together. So you got Prince Deval, you got Gorath, you have Velas Von Fane, Anias Curseborn. So four, or no, that's, yeah, that's all four from the Crimson Court. You have everything from Sepulchral Guard minus the uh, the leader. So you got the Prince of Dust, you got the Champion, you got the Harvester, Petitioner with Sword, and uh, you're allowed two copies of the Petitioner with Sword and Shield. So that's 10 models right there, 980 points. It's great. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you pay a little bit more for those skeletons, but it like doesn't really matter. And you're getting a little bit more. You're getting 10 wound skeletons out of these. Mono great sculpts dot list is what this is like cool underworld sculpts um and uh go for it like for example we were talking about the um Vargskir, like gorath the enforcer generally not considered to be one of your better uh choices primarily because it's got that low number of attacks yeah but um but uh yeah mash them all together let's do it yeah gw if you're listening just give us points updates for all the old ones please uh, this is such a cool concept, right? You know, if you want your models to work in multiple games, like, all right, you get your Underworlds players and get them into Warcry, get them into AOS after that, you know, by just take two random Underworlds warbands from the same Grand Alliance, mash them together and go. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Who's this guy? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a master, exactly. Um, yeah, so this is this is me. I went three and one. Um, my only loss was against that Soul Black Grave Lord uh, list that we saw a few few slides ago. Um, and yeah, I've been working on um, Hunters of Wanchi for a while. Uh, pretty much since they came out, I've been exclusively playing them. So I've, I've got a bunch of events under my belt with them. Um, and this is not the latest latest list because I took another version. A few days ago, um, but I'm pretty happy with this list. Um, 
So it's got the Alpha with Club. It's got five Claw because Claw's the best fighter in the Warband. Um, a normal Skink with Club. So you kind of get to uh, spread out the triple, uh, the Bolus triple, which is pretty good. Um, yep. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, talking about the Subless Stalkers, we got Kixie Taka and uh, Otapattle. Um, Otapattle is just like your Claws, but better. So we can take him, and um, Kixie Tack is pretty, pretty, pretty nice himself. Um, and yeah, the Mizzen Master for two fifty to round it all out. Um, my only problem with this list is that I constantly feel like I'm misplaying the Mizzen Master. Uh, I brought it because it's got a really good melee profile, um, yeah. and it can run into things and it can knock them over, and that's fantastic. But it also has fight for profit, and when you use um, fight for profit on Kixie Taka to start with to make its oh, wizard yeah. bolt four shots. Uh Otapattle to make his one five um dart pipe <laughs> four shots. Um or any of the other things like even a Huanchi's claw with four well, shots suddenly well, becomes really powerful. We we were talking about this before, like the um claws are very similar shooting profiles to uh Arknots. Yeah, and it just like you start stacking, you just roll those dice. Like exactly. at eight inch range, you roll enough dice, you'll crit. Like models will melt under that kind of sustained fire. Like three strength doesn't matter. You're rolling enough dice that you're going to roll crits. Oh yeah, you you, you want to roll a six, so you can be strength one for all you care. It, it doesn't yeah, matter. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's uh, that. That's why I constantly feel like I'm misplaying him because I want him to be in combat, knocking down things. But I want him to be ha hanging back with Kixie Taka, Otapattle, and my claws to really buff their shooting. Um, this I was just talking about earlier with KO, like bringing melee units into KO, where you're you're like, I want to get my maximum fight for profits, but like I have this good melee profile that I'm yeah. not. Using. So uh, I can see what you're what you're saying. Like exactly. about that. I mean. There is the a latest, um, the latest, latest version of this list, which isn't this one, I fixed that <laughs> that that particular problem. Um, I'm I'm riding high on the Aether Chemist train now, so uh, that's, like uh, that's all good for me. Aether Chemist gun is great. That yeah. uh, that uh, Aetheric Atomizer is a really good gun. Well, it goes to eight shots. Yeah, <laughs> who, yeah. Can, who can say that they have eight shots? It's it's basically like an a uh, 1.0 volley gun, just like by itself puts out so much fire that it's going to melt chaff on its own. It can do good damage to hard targets as well, and it you're not wasting points on a model like a melee profile because it just sits back with your with your claws and shoots. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, super super good. Um, yeah, well, I saw uh, you alluding. I saw you alluding to some of the of the gross things you were doing with it on Discord. So I can't wait to see that report. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a couple of weeks. I've got, I've got to write that one up. It's still in the queue. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this list is it, it's super good. I love playing with hunters. Um, I think it's a very different playstyle from pretty much any other um, warband in the game. Um, just just by virtue of their uh, their reaction, really. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's what I like to play. And but you are. It, but I think you did mention, right? You're gonna kind of like rotate, not retire them, but like kind of rotate them out for for uh, night haunt next, right? Yeah, exactly. I think I think I've gone as far as I can go with hunters, um, especially from the last event. I think that would be the final list I would bring if there was another really big event coming up. The the new version of this list is is, is what I would be bringing um, after after testing that Aether chemist, um, and I've also gone up to eleven models, which is 
much better. Um, it's, yeah, the Ada Chemist is, is, is cheaper than yes. uh, Prism Master. So not only do you get a more synergistic profile, but you save a lot of points. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's something for the future. Uh, but yeah, this, this list is pretty good. It, it works. Um, if anyone's interested in playing Hunters, uh, something like this uh, with the multiple claws and um, a fight for profit character, it doesn't need to be the Mizzen Master. It can be anything, really. Um, you, you really can't go wrong. Put a company captain in there for ninety points. You know, oh, yeah. it's 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 there for the fight for profit. Like yeah, that's it. So yeah, cool list. Uh, I like hunters. Uh, Huanchi's claws a lot. I don't oh, know yeah. that I love the faction, but the claws are are really cool. Like not only are they have that ability to put volleys of fire on, but they're so fast. Oh yeah, sure. You have to really pick your spots with them, which is really cool. Well, you, my, can, you, you can play the um, uh, you can play the keep away game really really good with them. Yeah, yeah. The where like the the I was talking so high about my Arknot pistols, like they are great, but once enemies start to advance towards you, you really have a hard time retreating and and picking a new spot to shoot from because they're so slow. Like I can see how these guys can just be like, "That's great, come over here. We will just move way over here and keep shooting." So something um something I always try and do is use the hunters of Wanchi quad. Um, every everyone says oh no quad is as good as um, rampage right. Uh, but the hunters quad is effectively two free moves. Um, so there was one mission where I had to go and grab um a uh objective on the opposite corner of the battlefield so if i was in the top left of the battlefield objective was in bottom right and i thought okay fine now is the time for the hunters of Wanchi quad so you go move 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 24 yeah. inches and you're you're there and your opponent's like that is just that can't be how that works yeah. like, let, exactly. me see, let me see that rule because that exactly. is ridiculous like how am i supposed to stop that yeah yeah yeah, sometimes sometimes the right use of the quad is not like to just go in and do like move triple attack. You know, sometimes it's wild things like, yep, I need a triple move out of this guy or a quadruple move. Yep. That's cool. But anyway, that's that's that was this. So take a quick aside here, talk about Soul Black Grave Lords. So they had six players in the event, four of them made top eight, fifth one is in the top sixteen. I uh, totaled up the win rate. They had an 18 points, 18 and six record overall. And then here's the makeup of the, the four lists from the top eight. So you can see just a, a rough overview of how many graveguard, how many skeleton zombie chaff they ran, and then larger units, either mid-range, mid-rangey guys or heroes. Uh, and then whatever other ones too, like you know, dire wolves. And so all Small sample size, obviously, and confirmation bias, obviously, but it does not surprise me that as you go up in the rankings, you go up in the number of Graveguard. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yep, true. Yeah. A Graveguard is still, like, one of the very best things you can possibly be doing. Uh, not to take anything away from those other lists. It just shows that you can have, like, you know, some of those other lists had three, four legit threats. Uh, and still had 10 plus models as well because of the large number of skeletons and zombies too. It, it, I think it just kind of goes to show you, you know, there's no single, there's no single formula for how to how to put these together though. Just as long as you're getting, especially for Rumble Pack, yeah, you're you know yeah. you're 10 plus models. 
because their models are so cheap, unlike a lot of other factions like Stormcast or whatever, you've run out of permutations to build them to make the points work. Like when your units are like 40, 55, 60, 70 points, you can combine them in a million different ways and still be points efficient, um, which is one of the fun ways to build about them. You can be like, man, I'd love to change that leader out. I guess I'll downgrade one grave guard to a skeleton, free up 25 points. Not every faction has that luxury, um, which is one of the great things about Soulbar Gravelord is how flexible it is. Really competitive options at 40 points at 55 points, at 60 points, at 70 points, you know, all the way up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think there's there's no real way you can build a bad Soul Black Grave Rule list, um, especially considering your basic chaff models are so cheap. Because yeah. you, could, you could spend like 250 points if, if you really wanted to. And you'd have a core of five or maybe even six fighters just sitting there to do whatever you wanted. And then you've got an entire warband's worth of points almost um, to, to play however you like. Yeah. Like you could be like, I, I'm going to take triple Vargoyle. Like I'm just, that's just how I want to play. Yeah. Triple Vargoyle. And then you still can fit a bunch of skeletons in there. Like it's, that might be pushing a little bit, but yeah. I'm not saying oh, that I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that like there's still room for skeletons no matter how you do it. I liked my terror geist list. I have a terror geist list with a um Castellan, and I forget how many points that is. It's a lot. Um and then you still get to like seven or eight models because you just cram a bunch of skeletons in there. Okay, let's stop talking about Soul Blight now. And uh so we have more results. We have the lists here, 9 through 16 as well. In the interest of time, we can skip to the next topic, though, if we want, unless someone we, unless we want to talk about any specific ones. Uh, yeah, Slaves of Darkness, Corn, Cities of Sigmar, which was Dwarves, Rotmeyer yeah. Creed, another Hunters, another KO, Iron Golems, and another Soul Blight. So I, th- I think it's worth talking about the Slaves to Darkness list because we've been we've been going on about um, oh, yeah. how you want really big warbands um, for the Rumble Pack and the Slaves to Darkness. That that list is not a big warband. So. Well, yep. it's not what you if you follow like competitive Warcry and and like list building theory, you're thinking like oh it's probably like a couple of heroes and then just a bunch of Marauders in there for the point efficiency to get a bunch of chaff. It is not that. It is seven Chaos Warriors. Yep, I was going to cover it regardless, right? Honorable mention or whatever, just because I'm, yes, I, I have a thing for a bunch of big dudes in armor too, especially Chaos Warriors. So let's, yeah, let's go hit it. Uh, the, the smallest warband in the top eight was eight models. Uh, Baptiste did it in seven, uh, in ninth place. So he's got a Chaos Lord at 210, Aspiring Champion at 155, two Chosen, which we don't see every day, at, uh, and then uh, three Chaos Warriors with Weapon and Rune Shield at 110. You're able to Toughness 6, 15 Wound Guys. I, I think the Chosen have to be in there for their 5 Strength, um, is yes. what makes sense to me. Um, they're, they're not my favorite um, Slaves to Darkness unit, but if you're looking to get above 4 Strength, they are a good way to do it at a relatively reasonable cost. Yeah, Slaves of Darkness get those guys. Stormcast get those guys. Uh, 
cheaper. Those get they get those guys at like 135. This is the exact same stat line. So uh unfortunately chaos chosen got to pay 10 extra points for that, but and you have a lot of toughness six across the board. You got the aspiring champion as well with uh toughness six, 22 wounds. So I, I'd be interested to like, hear from the pilot like what the strategy was. I think it's just you just go get, march onto objectives and just say, come take them from me. Like I I think it's worth noting that you could have taken one of those chosen and upgraded it to an aspiring champion. Um, you have the points, right? You're yeah. not going to be five. You, you could have spent 10 more points and got another champion in there. But, like, I think you just this pilot wanted that five strength. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm realizing that, too. Like, when I'm looking at, you know, when I'm looking at, you know, weapon choices for warbands and stuff like that. Yeah, you need to definitely think about T4, T5. You know, make sure you have not all can openers necessarily, but have some number of can openers in your in your warband. So this way he's got he's got two chosen and he's got the Lord. So he can put one of those in each of his deployment groups. Yep. So he'll always have something somewhere that if let me, if you're facing toughness three, it doesn't matter. Everything can be done on threes. Um, but if that toughness four does come, then I think having something pretty much everywhere on the board uh, that you can hit that with might be useful. Yeah, like, for example, I don't want to bring my Toughness 4 Chaff anywhere near a Chaos Lord. Uh, <laughs> like, it's not the uh, the 1.0 Chaos Lord, which was 5535, like, it got significantly nerfed. But uh, a 2-inch range, 4525, is, like, going to do some damage if you if it gets anywhere near your 4 Toughness Chaff. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, do you, like, sit on objectives and counter people to death with your Rune Shields? Maybe. Uh, maybe that's what you do. Um, they're certainly going to be hard to shift. I mean, even even with their basic stat line, you um, just use a double on them, get an extra attack, and suddenly they're swinging back with four attack strength, four two four. So it's yep. not terrible. Um, oh. I think what what this has going for it is that every single one of these guys can knock over a skeleton. That's a very good point. Um, and if you can do that, then you're almost halfway there. Uh, you just have to make sure that you can kill more skeletons than there are coming up against you. <laughs> it is the goal. Yeah. Now, again, I'm just going to throw out there, if you had pack tactics, <laughs> start to take out, you, do, you ignore that six toughness, start taking bites out of that 15 wounds. Mm. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like It's like you you have a deployment group of a couple of chaos warriors, and it's like how many skeletons does it reasonably take to contest reasonably contest an objective with two chaos warriors on it probably a lot i would think um three four maybe yeah so then your your activation advantage is starting to be whittled down a lot right because it's like i have twice as many fighters but it need i need twice as many fighters to to go toe to toe um yeah it's a really interesting list very mid-rangey right and like that was one of like the 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 words that people didn't like to use in 2.0 with with good fighters is like your 110 to 145 points or so like people avoided that and this list just steers right into it like the whole list is that way i was going to say it also really kind of showcases the value of of toughness right we see stormcast kind of 
performing in some places, but you know, this shows it off as well. Like we used to you know, say, yeah, toughness is terrible. It's wasted points, but you know, this is doing something with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the reasons why people didn't necessarily like mid range fighters, especially at the beginning of um, this edition was because the chimera could eat one in, in, yes. in one shot. Um, and it's basically wasted points. Um, but when you only have one chimera in the entire field, of 55 players, then suddenly it's not so bad. Sure, it's it's not fantastic given the missions that you play, but you know what? If if you are a Chaos player or a Stormcast player or I don't know, a Slanesh Cyberite player, for example, um, yeah, you you can bring one of these lists and you can go three and one as Baptiste showed. Just Q dodge the Chimera. Yeah. And, uh, because yes, this list is not going to love Chimeras. Um, it is going to one-shot your your 110-point Chaos Warriors. And at that point, you'd much rather it be one-shotting 40-point Skeletons. But if you're fighting Skeletons, you know, it's that rock, paper, scissors, right? Like, let the Skeletons fight the Chimeras. I'll fight the Skeletons. You'd probably be onto something with this. It's almost a gentleman's agreement there that everybody except Alan has chosen to, to follow. <laughs> I... Um... Yeah, we. I, I. I. I don't know what it is about the UK and people. People playing in the UK. Um, we had. I think it's only really one event, or possibly two events, um, that I've been to where monsters featured. Not. Not even heavily. I'm talking three monsters in a field of thirty players. Um, one of them was from uh, one of your guys who came over. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan, you're not alone, right? Yeah, we have our own guy, Justin. Um, I would, it would have, if I was going to this event or really any really big event in the near future, I would not be able to register that Plague Bearer Chimera list fast enough. Like, it's just like, get it in there. Like, I, if I was looking to do nothing but win a tournament like that, that's a list I would play. I'm really surprised we didn't see more or even other monsters. I think Terrorgeist are good. Um, uh, Terrorgeist have the problem that their base is huge, and yeah. we have a lot of terrain here. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, the Chimera, you have a little more leeway with the oval. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, I think the um the the Cygor is probably like playable in the right list. Um, especially if you're planning on fighting. If you see lists like this, like I'd bring a Cygor. Like I'd throw rocks at a Chaos Warrior all day. Um, but. Uh, yeah, not. I'm surprised you didn't see many monsters, but in a field without a lot of monsters, this list is is really interesting to, to try out. It would look really good on the table too. Like the new Chaos Warrior sculpts were super good. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, this would be a cool looking list on the table. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip the rest of the top sixteen. But if you wait till the end of the video, then I'll have them all there as well, so you can go through them then. Oh, this one's a trip too. Hold oh, on, yeah. we got. Hold on, we got to stop and talk about this one here. <laughs> hey, hey, Warren, real quick. I, I'm gonna have to go soon and feed the kids dinner. Um, nope. So I'll probably tap out for the back hat for the end of, yep. of the video. That's that's perfectly fine. Let's I'll let's talk. talk about this one here real quick if you got time. Okay, hey, well, we have to stop and talk about this one. So this is someone who made Dar's cane work. <laughs> with a little help from an arc or two yes 
Um, so a couple of things about this list real quick. One, it goes like completely against what we were talking about earlier about having like pure spending a lot of points on melee profiles in these gun line lists because you're spending like 510 points. You're basically taking a chimera's worth of melee fighters in this list. That's all gun line, but Hey, it worked for them. Uh, Gorgai are good. I've yeah. played, I keep trying to make daughters of Cain work. They were fine in 1.0. Like, so I still have my, my band. I keep playing them and Gorgai are absolutely solid. Um, if yeah. you're trying to pull toughness <laughs> models, they're very, very good at it. Um, and, uh, whew. <laughs> so there's, there's more to Daughters of Cain than just the blood rack. Yes. Although the blood rack is really, really good. Uh, but you you don't want a blood rack in this list because you don't want to use its netting ability. You want to pour all your dice into your shooting. Um, so you might as well take gore guys and just like go ahead and charge my Arcanauts. Like my six four two four model is sitting here waiting for you. I I think with the gore guy, it's a similar thing that we were talking about with the Chaos Warriors. Um, they mince through chaff models. Yes, this is going to kill two skeletons a turn every turn. Exactly. If it's if it's within range of more than one guy, it's it's going to kill them. Um, so I think it's a really smart choice to combo them with the Arcanauts, um, simply because it, it it gives that ability to kind of reach out. What they've they've got two inch range, so reach out nine inches and clear off an entire objective by itself. And it's also worth noting that they can sit back two inches away and poke. Um, and keep shooting lanes open for your Arcanauts, too, um, which is is good. Uh, I, I like that as well, because the, the worst thing you can do is, like, have really juicy shooting targets that are, like, tied up in melee, and you're like, I really wish I could shoot those guys, but I'm too far away to shoot into melee. So um, your gore guys can kind of dance around and pick their targets a little bit. Um, but yes, they, if you have a, 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 an opponent that wants to flood an objective with skeletons or, or other cheap chaff models, like one gore guy is going to have a lot to say about that. And they're so fast. Yeah. So fast. <laughs> All right. Continuing Point on. Of fight for profit, which is interesting with eight Arcanauts. Like that means you have a, an entire deployment group of Arcanauts that's not going to have fight for profit. Um, but Sure, but then again, you'll have a deployment group with possibly two Gorgai and a company captain That's... who can give them fight for profit and <laughs> it has a melee ability and get two attacks. Like yeah. you know, they That's... Get eight attacks. That's that's not nothing. So yeah. Cool list. That's what I like about Warcry, the ability to just do wild things like this. There's uh there's your King Morlack. Yep. So good, the um the Sons of Elmon. Yeah. Right. Down down to nine models with uh, some of the other big guys, but well you if you're gonna fit Sir Jedrin Falseborn slash the King Warlock Velmore. Yeah, oh yeah. That's three hundred and ten points. Like that does take up some points. But uh it's powerful. Good luck oh, shifting. Yeah off an objective, like chewing through Sir Jedrin's 30 wounds before you can even attack King Morlock Belmorn while he murders your chaff. Oh, you put, if you put Morlock in a choke point, and then you put Jedrin behind him, 
Uh, yeah, well, no one's simply can't through. be attacked and he can't be moved through. So yeah, nothing's so getting through. It's just a wall. Yeah. Um, and then you just dump your doubles into your your um, sibling rivalry, and they, mm-hmm. those guys are going to chew through models as well. I have so many lists built that are just start with the entire Sons of Elmorn, and then like just fill in yep. around the edges. Like it's a really good box, really good even, box, or even four out of five if you don't want the the Jedrin shield combo. Yeah, you can you can cut Sir Jedrin for like a couple more Grave Guard if you want, but the combo is good. Like it's definitely a powerful thing that nobody else is doing. Right, it's like a unique thing you can do, which is cool. Well, I mean, the Sons of Elmore are what? They're 500 points or something, or 505, something like that, all of oh. them. It's not a lot of points to spend in Soul Black Grave Lords at all. No, because then you could reasonably take all of them and then add 10 skeletons to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's something you could and do. And have points left over. Yeah. And have points, yeah. You would cap models before you cap points. It's like building spiders in 1.0. I had 15 models, it was like 960 points. The um, the suns are good, so you can build them in a lot of different ways. The Vargeist is interesting. All right, well that's all the lists I got, Fred. It was great having you. We I, we love having you for for any sort of list reviews and stuff like that because I know we always get really good analysis, in depth analysis from you. So if I had the time, I would talk about lists all day. I could do this for another five hours, but uh, alas, I have to feed the children as well as talk about lists. So. All right. Uh, Have a good night. Yeah, I'll see you next weekend, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. And it was really nice talking to you. Uh, I like I love your content at Off Meta Musings. Thank you very much. Nice to do an episode with you. Had a good time. Cheers. Anytime. All right. You guys have fun wrapping it up. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to see the finished product. So there's a good segue here because we talked we've talked for over an hour about list building. But that's only one, half the battle. I also you know, wanted to chat with you a little bit about analyzing and improving your play. And uh, there's your quote that kind of got the, the creative juices flowing. And that was, yeah, you said that on Discord almost three months ago. And it's, <laughs> been, it's been going through my head the whole time. You did a, you did a video on it, kind of touching upon it as well. And I had these thoughts kind of going and it's, took until now to kind of get together and actually do a a little collaboration here. Mm. So I have a few thoughts on that. I've kind of taken that idea. We can kind of talk about that as well. But, uh, and so this all kind of rolled up into our little tactics corner here. Uh, We talk about why does it matter? Uh, And we'll talk about, you know, you kind of have to gauge like what an effective action is. And then before we can figure out, okay, how do we get more, actions per game right you can break that rule of that base actions per game potentially and kind of some things that i do or things that you could do to kind of analyze your play uh and uh and get better sure yeah yeah i mean you said that i've done a video on this uh for me it ended up just being way too complicated for me to it was it was it was a it was a great video because you covered a lot of other general tactics stuff and actually and i'm i'm big about citing my sources and here it is right so why does it matter so we talked about list building but it's one thing to like you know watch these videos and brew lists and stuff like that you actually have to play the list Mm. and you know 
good players, the folks that are always at the top of the standings, oftentimes are the most experienced Warcry players. They go, they can go travel to a tournament, and they just have so many more games under their belt that no matter what they're playing, they're going to do well. Yeah, uh, you kind of have to get the reps in. So, and there's not a lot of tactics videos. Uh, Salty did this tactics video a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, it's you know the title of that is help or help. Why aren't I winning my games? You can go find that on YouTube, which is a, which is a great start. He covers some some tactics there for an hour, and then you just did did one fairly recently. It was kind of touching upon this idea of the eight actions per game, how to play more efficiently. But you got, you covered a lot of other good topics too, like paying yeah. attention to you know, what are your chances of rolling a double or a triple or a full house or that sort of thing? And those are all good things that to, to know. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in my one, I kind of wanted to go over just things that you should be thinking about before your turn, even like the, the, the when you're playing your game, um, you're playing throughout the turn, you see what your opponent does and you try and either react to that or you play proactively or you do whatever it is you're going to do. Um, but there are things that what, what I think what really makes or breaks a game is almost before the turn starts. And in what, what I was talking about here was more, okay, how, do, how am I going to plan out my turns and plan out my games so that I can get the best use out of the little time that my fighters are going to be on the field? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it goes back to my original idea that this this kind of comes from Kill Team. I used to play a bunch of Kill Team before I started playing Warcry. Um, that if you have a fighter and it's going to be on the f- a field for four turns, um, and not all fighters are going to be on the field for four turns because some of them might not come on until the second turn or third turn, um, they only have a certain amount of actions that they can make. Um, and they only have a certain amount of activations that they can do. And this is why when we talk about abilities and we're looking at warbands and we're seeing what they what they do, um, any ability on a double that can give you additional actions and bonus actions, um, we always say, oh yeah, that's that's really, really good. You should be looking to build um, looking to build your warbands around that. And the reason and again, when we're talking about fight for profit, for example, it gives you plus two shots on your guns. If you're using fight for profit on a two-shot gun, effectively you've got an additional shooting action out of that yep. gun that you wouldn't otherwise have. Or um, even more if you got the one-shot gun. Exactly, yeah. That's why um, fight for profit combos really well with the Aether Cannons, because they only got one shot, but if they get another two shots, it's effectively like having a second Aether Cannon there doing shoot-shoot. Yeah, um, and, and there's a uh, a lot of folks have kind of done articles about that and we'll kind of we'll reference them as well uh, a lot of folks have been talking about you, people have figured out right that any way of getting free actions or virtually free actions and, and you know somehow is letting you letting us break that fundamental rule of eight actions per game exactly right? yes. you know that that concept that you sort of laid out mm. so in addition, besides the so besides that, right, using the abilities, getting free actions, I wanted to kind of think about it, it kind of got me thinking, like, what is what is an effective activation with my models? Right. Because not all activations are made equal. You kind of talked about how uh, if you're 
if you're like running around the battlefield and like not doing anything or taking objectives or wasting attacks on non-party targets, you know, you're then you're not really you're doing stuff, but you're really not doing stuff. And so yeah, sure. and again, it's kind of it's it's very subjective or situational. Uh, but start thinking about like, you know, am I doing the most with my models? So disclaimer up first, you still have to play to the mission. And, you know, you still got to make the plays that, that win you the game. So you're you're using the quad to make a quadruple move to 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 snipe an objective to to turn the game in your favor. If it wins you the game, then obviously. Take all this and kind of throw it out the door here. Um, and these rules of thumb are they don't they might apply to every war band. Uh, I play very aggressively. I do a lot of almost to a fault, you know efficient damage efficiency calculations i want i want the most damage don't care much about defense that sort of thing uh you know so some of these rules of thumb might not apply to every warband right you probably wouldn't use these if you're analyzing your play for your night haunt warband when you start playing that oh no yeah yeah sure 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 night, night, the night haunt are going to be all about capturing objectives and using their speed toughness and just running away to to go where they're going to go I, I don't need to kill anything to, to win the game ultimately yeah so movement may or may so movement's kind of a gray area, right? Movement may or may not be, you know, effective or useful. Uh, I would say that if you're moving into an engagement range, you could probably count that, you know, getting within range to make an attack. You could probably argue maybe moving on to an objective uh, is probably worthwhile as well. Maybe the moves you spend getting there, maybe they're not. So if you're saying, or you know, out of my eight. For, the, for a given model, are the eight actions he gets in a game, maybe he's getting like six good actions a turn because maybe the first couple are spent getting into position to actually do stuff. Mm. Well, I think, so where this whole idea came from, uh, for me anyway, was um, I like to call it the Varangard trap. So the, the idea is you're paying a lot of points for a Varangard. It's 265 points normally for the, the one with um, the one with Blade, whichever one it is. 285, um, yep. Yeah, and you're bringing it purely for that damage profile, and you want to hit things and you want to kill them. Um, but when you do the maths on the, on the Varangard, it cannot kill a 10-wound model. I mean, it can, but it's unlikely that it's going to kill a 10-wound model in one um, attack because the Varangard has an ability um, where if you kill a guy, you get to make a free move and then a free attack action, which is great. It, it, it's fantastic. But you kind of have to weigh up if your Varangard is going to be able to kill the guy. So what are you going to do? Are you just going to go, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. It's a chaff model. I'm going to kill him. Then I'm going to use my ability. Then I'm going to move and I'm going to do all this amazing stuff. Or do you guarantee the kill? Um, and that's where I find a lot of new players struggle is they see that massive damage profile and they think I'm going to move into this 10 wound chaff model and I'm going to kill it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to use my ability and I'm going to do this, that and the other. Um, where most of the time it's you're, you're basically wasting the damage potential of your Varangard because you're going to run into that chaff model and statistically you're not going to kill it. So then you need to spend another turn in combat with that model and then massively overkill it on the next turn and then you get a move or you get an attack unless you roll a quad in which case you can you can rampage away and that that's really where this idea came from 
Yeah, so that kind of gets to the, the the combat part of it as well. So yes. making an attack with a chance to do, well, we'll call it significant damage. Mm. Um, because again, this this can be this can be subjective. So in your example, right, we we can take a, we can apply examples to a lot of these. You know, you move an attack, and you just do a basic attack, no onslaught, nothing, right? Because you want to save that triple for the you want to gamble and save save for the big triple if in case you hit it so by you know by two shotting a chaff model you might not be doing significant damage right so you're effectively wasting an attack action yes yeah so yeah that that's that's a good point um you might argue again oh yeah a Varengard versus again, this is all situational. Varengard versus a chaff model. Varengard versus anything big. I mean, you're still, you know, chunking away at it. You're locking up their model, oh, that yeah. sort of thing. So you, there, you might count all of those attacks. It, sure. I mean, the Varengard ultimately, you're taking him to do damage, and you're taking him to kill things. So you're going to shoot it at your opponent's biggest thing and you want to knock it down ultimately because uh, it's it's your big threat that you say look at me i'm a varangard you have to deal with me now um but you know to th that really pans out during a game and especially we play on the rumble pack so you have larger warbands th this kind of thing so yeah it's, it's about not if you're if you're taking a fighter specifically to do damage not wasting those attacks because ultimately, he's only going to be able to kill maximum, maximum if the stars aligned, um, eight things in one game. Mm -hmm. So, like by that same token, then, like you could almost say, anytime you, anytime you make an attack and don't kill the guy, it wasn't really effective. Uh, you, 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 if you wanted, make again situational. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it depends on what it is, right? So, if right. you have a skeleton. You might just attack. You might just move and then attack just to tie the guy up. If you do damage, it's fine. If you don't do damage, it doesn't matter. But if you have an ogre, you want to be killing. And if you don't kill, suddenly it's not just that turn you've wasted. It's the next half of the next turn yeah. you've, you've wasted. That kind of gets to the second point here too. Where I talk about chaff attacks again. Mm -hmm. it, you know, so chaff versus chaff. It's kind of a slap fight. Oftentimes, yeah. no one's really getting anywhere. You may count that. You might not count that. It kind of depends. Uh, if you're just the example of your skeleton, just like doesn't have anything else to do and just poking at a Varengard, not expecting to do anything. You have no plans to kill the Varengard, right? You're like your plan is just to tie up the Varengard. Then maybe you wouldn't count that, right? But it's a cheap model. You can afford to waste actions on it. Yeah. Weight actions, for example, you know, uh, just those are completely wasted as well. Uh, weight actions. So, or, all right, I, I play a lot of hunters, right? So, half of my game is forcing my opponent to waste actions mm -hmm. <laughs> effectively. So that, that, that's what so, their entire reaction so, is built around. Right. So you're so you're not making effective actions. You would have low efficiency by this metric. But again, you're not playing by the same rules as everybody else. Exactly. But by doing but by doing that, you are wasting their actions and reducing their efficiency as well. So yes. it's kind of like in the next slide, I talk about like a net, for example. Uh, you know, running a guy up and netting a guy, you're you're negatively affecting their game plan, which is also to take effective actions. 
Yes, because if, if the guy you net is a guy that needs to get in combat and needs to fight, and he's stuck there, it's a wasted turn entirely. Yeah, so I this is, again, things to think about, right? As you are playing the game, you know, were my actions effective? I had a, a I had one game where um, I had a, you know, 160 point storm cast just sitting, babysitting an objective. He wasn't getting in. He wasn't fighting. And I was, I, I felt was, I was kind of bummed about it because like he's there to ki- he's there to kill stuff with his, with his profile, but I couldn't move him off the objective because otherwise someone else would have come in and, and, and stolen the objective. So he was kind of doing his job, but like, I didn't really feel like I was getting the best use out of them. So yeah, feels in bad. retrospect, yeah, I think on, I, I kind of bring these examples up because I usually use, look at it in retrospect. You know, if I lost a game or, you know, you look at the game afterwards and realize, okay, yeah, I didn't use this guy very well, or the situation didn't allow me to use him very well. So how do we get more efficiency, right? How, you know, keeping that eight actions per game, uh, taking that into account. Well, one of them, one of that, one of the most important ways is keeping your models alive. <laughs> you, if you send a guy in, you know, to go charge something and then he dies on turn two and maybe you don't even get to activate him because you lost initiative or something like that. You got two actions out of him for the game. That's, that's really poor use of, your model, right? Especially if it's an expensive one. I... It's, uh, so something something that anyone can do, really, is before they run into a guy, ask your opponent what their damage profile is. <laughs> because mm-hmm. on the off chance that you don't kill him, you're going to get hit back. And yep. it's, you're going to get the double. Yep. It, exactly. It's, it, it's a toss-up, really. It's If you think that you can survive the attack from their character then suddenly you feel a lot better about running your guy in and not killing the guy um that you're uh, that, that, that you're running into yeah and uh so the, <clears throat> that's that's one way and then also they think about uh another thing that comes up with skaven for example i don't have oftentimes don't have a high model count with skaven and so I'm playing very, very cagey with my with my chaff, trying to protect it, trying to protect them, running away, um, uh, because I want to save those activations first off. But then also, you know, just helps again with the overall kind of efficiency of of, of the warband. And I often, you know, I the way I play, I also usually am trying to murder my opponent's chaff because I again I'm focusing on the activation advantage game but again it also kind of plays into this idea of efficiency you're not getting the most use out of all your models or all of your potential actions across all your models because again i'm trying to burn down your your model count early yeah yeah and if you can if you can win that activation war that's that's super important because then suddenly your opponent has made all of their moves and then you can concentrate on making instead of being reactive to what your opponent's done, you can start to be proactive and do things that you want to do as opposed to just saying, oh, my opponent's moved here, I've got to do this, that, and the other. And so the other way is to get extra actions or free actions. We can break the rules 
or bend the rules and tr- potentially you could get more than eight good actions out of a fighter in a game potentially when you do things like you know you know, charge free you know free moves like charge or the scent of blood uh bonus attacks re- from like relentless killers storm of blows uh, we talked about fight for profit yep. rampage is a huge one you know rampage is just a straight up two extra actions an extra move an extra attack uh crack the whip given extra fight actions uh to you know to my rat ogres for example uh nets kind of do the same kind of do the opposite you can deny actions from an opponent potentially so that make you know force them to not be able to to fight Sure, yeah. I mean, I think with the abilities that gives extra actions, um, you kind of have to be mindful about when during your activation that you're using them. So if we take Rampage, for example, it's a move and then an attack. It's not an attack, then a move. It's not right. either or, right? So you don't want to be in the position where you are rampaging first and you're already in combat and basically wasting one of your free actions. So you want to attack first, see if that kills, then rampage your attack, etc. Um, and I think that's one of the things that um, newer players, especially, kind of once once they get that, it really helps step up their game. When during your activation and during your turn, actually, um, you need to be using these extra abilities um, in order to really maximize the time that you have on the field with your fighters. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use the example here, um, the kind of couples that. So you also I've talked about this. Well, here, let's go with the next the uh, the next slide. So how do, how do you analyze your play? You know, after the game, like I said, I usually think about how the game went, how I use my fighters. Did I get the, the most out of them? Did I maximize the abilities on my most expensive fighters? Because again, the bulk of the power is going to usually be coming from your your heavy hitters, right? Your two or three heavy hitters. Um, you know, was I able to protect models? So the example I'll use is uh, I played a game at Adepticon, and I'm playing Stormcast, and uh, I had a uh, adjudicator, no, a prosecutor, with a, so one of the flying guys with the spear. He's like 235 points, pretty decent yeah. profile. In that matchup versus Untamed Beasts, he's a very, very good chaff killer. A hit and a crit will kill a chaff model. And I had a Rampage turn one with him on the board. So everything everything lined up perfectly. He has he has he had a high movement. He was very lethal in the job I wanted him to do because I definitely need to be clearing chaff on turn one. I had the Rampage lined up. And again, you know, free moves, free, you know, a free move on a on a on a move three guy, it's okay, right? Gets him into fights. Free move on a rate on a move ten flyer, that's you know, it's a free action, but it's a big free action. You're paying two hundred thirty five points for that move ten, and you know, getting a free move, that's just just even more value. So I'm getting four actions out of the guy on turn one, and he does his job. And uh, he wasn't really in a really super dangerous position. I wasn't too reckless with him, but he walked up by my opponent, walked up a heart eater, move and attack and just got I got quad critted. And, 
you know, doesn't matter what your toughness is, quad crit from that guy is going to get just splat you. Those things happen. So my amazing play on on turn one, giving me all this value, all these effective actions got negated because he only lived one turn and got four actions out of the game. If he lived throughout the game and was continuing to move around, make those big moves, make those big attacks, then it's a whole nother story. But uh, there was just an example of both the value of additional actions and the value of keeping your guys alive. Uh, I got to see both. I get it was very, very swingy first turn. I got to see both extremes of it in on turn one of the game. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, sometimes things happen that you can't you can't account for. You can uh, you can you can think about it all you want, but if someone walks up to you and crits you four times, it's uh, yeah. You can't plan it just for happens. that. No. You can't plan for that. I did underestimate. I did underestimate what the heart eater could do. Anyway, I I played the heart eater, but yeah, he was. They definitely overperformed. Uh, you know, the five five two five profile. You, you obviously can do some work there. Um, and other things, you know, think about, you know, how you could improve like your games. Uh, we kind of talked about, you know, I have this problem with Stormcast where again, it's, a, you know, kind of a, uh, coming from being, uh, being outnumbered on objective missions where I can't always use my Stormcast effectively because they have to sit and on objectives or, or I lose the game or I lose sure. the objectives. So again, even though they're great models, you can't always use them effectively because, you know, you just don't have that many models. Um, think about, you know, what you could, you know, what could be improved. Uh, some, this, this can be hard, right? You got to be honest with yourself. And this is true with any competitive game. You know, it's one thing you can always, oh, yeah, the dice got me, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. The dice, the dice will get you. The dice will save you sometimes. But you kind of got to be honest with yourself, too, be like, well, you know, yeah, I you you know, you made a bad judgment call. You made a mistake. You mispositioned something, and that is where that is where good players get better, right? They're honest with themselves. They learn from their mistakes. If you never make mis- if you never admit to making a mistake, you can't learn from anything. So, I mean, that's just good advice overall. Sure, I mean, everyone misplays, like whether you're at the top or you're at the bottom. It doesn't matter. Everyone misplays every now and again. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the Mism Master, how I feel like I'm always misplaying with it just because I'm wasting half of its damage profile. And that's kind of, um, is this just something that you've got to uh, you, you, you've got to deal with and you've got to look at your games and say, all right, yeah, well, maybe I, I, I didn't use it to its fullest here or I could have done something better or that kind of thing and sometimes it's it, it's a case of switching up the way you play um making different moves that kind of thing and sometimes it's just going back to your list building and saying okay well if i'm not using this effectively is there something that i could take that might maybe do the job better for me in the way mm-hmm. that i want to take it and not the way i think it should be used yeah and if you want to take this to the next level you can you know take notes during your games or or record your games right um I, I see this, or I, I notice this when doing battle reports. Uh, I take notes for battle reports. We haven't done one on this channel in forever. Uh, they actually take a fair amount of time to t- to move to transcribe from my notes in 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 the in the photographs into a report. But the way we would do it on this channel 
is we would just replay the game and just kind of like Monday morning quarterback it and just do a do a, a, a post game analysis and talk about our decisions we made and and why or my why or why or why not why or why not they might have been good decisions. So uh, and I think it's a good learning experience to kind of do that. Uh, salty seas bow reports, even though they're 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 quick and short, but I guarantee you, you know, in that process of him recording those things, he was he was learning, uh, he was learning more and probably getting more out of those like playtest games. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think so. The the way I learn a faction um, isn't just by jumping in, um, but the the first game that I have is always a discussion with my opponent and going, okay, I'm gonna talk through this game and talk through what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and we kind of we we almost both play the game, uh, kind of from 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 yep. one perspective. And say, okay, well, this is what I want to do with this move. This is what I think it's going to do. And then my opponent can say to me, yeah, that makes sense, considering what I'm doing at this point in the bout, uh, in time. Or maybe this could be, this would be a better play. And just like get two or three different moves that I could do with my guys, just out of talking with my opponent and going, okay, this is what we could do. These are the options. What's the best option in this scenario? And we can kind of come down to it that way. And then at least you know what you're doing is a good idea as opposed to just throwing it's almost like throwing darts at the wall and hoping one of them will stick oh yeah i've had some amazing playtest games versus you know versus justin uh, you know at adepticon went to huzzah hobbies uh played against uh javier and jason uh you know so, so some of the tabletop and beyond crew and they were they were great games just super in-depth like chess matches and we're talking through all the play and counterplaying going on and uh yeah it's just really great learning experience there mm. so if you want it so i can't leave well enough alone right this and this is you know these sort of things hopefully you kind of get what we're talking about and it'll make you better uh i can't i can't leave well enough alone and not try to quantify something right my brain is just wired that way so if you want to go real crazy here, you could actually using that using that idea of uh, eight actions per game, you could figure out, OK, for this model, I made six good actions in the game. Right. That model was 75 percent efficient. And you can also look at for your entire war band. You can calculate the overall efficiency of your play across your war band by using a weighted average based on the points. So this kind of goes along the lines of, again, you want to be the most you want to make the most effective use out of your most impactful models. You can use a weighted average uh, to do that. And again, this is, you know, very, very rough idea. Right. But it I think it's interesting. Right. You can't just focus on this value on this metric by itself but it's it's interesting to say okay based on you know i recorded the whole game and i rewound it you know yeah i did pretty well here i played the game at you know 75 percent efficiency whereas if you had a game where your guys are just running around doing nothing chasing guys you know it, you'd be far less efficient for example so an interesting way to kind of put a number on 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 this very very abstract concept yeah, I, I I took one look at this, remembered my university math days, and <laughs> thought, mm, not for me. 
<laughs> but yeah, as an as an idea, it's interesting. Um, I think if you, if right, if you're gonna play a game competitively, um, what you're ultimately doing is chasing for the perfect game. You want to make no um, mistakes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's, yep. that's 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 the idea. That's that's you at the top of your game, and then you can go away from that game and say, you know what? Even if I lost, I played the game as well as I could have played, and that's ultimately what what you're looking for. Uh, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, um, but what what mm -hmm. really matters is that you're happy with how you did um, during that game, and that's 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 really what what it's all about. Yep. And so here, here's a way you can actually chase that perfect game. Actually, you know, even though this is an efficiency number, it doesn't max out at 100% because you could get over 100% on some of your models with those tricks for, you know, effective bonus actions as well. So you could play a better than perfect game. Again, this is, it's, at the end of the day, it's just a number. It may or may not reflect whether something is better or worse, you know, whether or not a, a whether or not a game went better or worse than it could have. But uh, I think it's interesting. And it, it was definitely an interesting thought experiment. And as, as a concept, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yes. And even and even subjectively, right? If you're thinking about, you know, that core idea that you had, the eight actions per game, and how do I make the most out of them? You know, doing things like, yeah, I want to rampage with my big guy and not with, you know, a little tiny guy. You know, stuff like that. You know, some of those common sense decisions all are kind of reflected in this as well. Thanks for thanks for uh, hearing me out on that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all super interesting, really. I mean, that's 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 what I was. I, mean, I wasn't thinking about this. No, most definitely not when when I was um when when I was musing on uh, how to better use your fighters um but yeah that yeah i think it's uh overall it's definitely it's definitely an idea that people can run with um and yeah you can kind of take it whichever way you want to all right well we've been here for a while and we do close out you have upcoming events here um just shout out for anyone locally who's listening our next meetup is going to be uh, next Sunday, May 21st at Epic Loop. Uh, this will be probably one more sort of tourney practice sort of, uh, sort of day. Uh, if you're new to Warcry, show up. I love teaching the game and demoing the game. Uh, but this will be uh, to get just a little bit more familiarity with the Rumble Pack missions. And I'm looking at having our next tournament either in June or July. And this will be with the, the 1.0 organized play kit. Uh, the store has one of those left over. So uh, stay, you know, uh, stay tuned to the channel and you'll stay, into, stay tuned to the channel for more information on that. You get the opportunity to come and uh, go for some of those, those highly sought after Warcry 1.0 uh, organized play medals. This brings us to a close for this episode of Dayton Warcry Club. Thanks for uh, coming on with us, Atan. Uh, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, so here's a chance. Well, we've already kind of plugged your YouTube channel, and you do have a website as well. But any other uh, plugs you want to make? Uh, no, that's it, really. Um, yeah, just off Metamusings on YouTube, offmetamusings.com, where you can find transcriptions of most of my stuff uh, for anyone who doesn't want to doesn't doesn't want to sit for a video and prefers to read things. Um, 
And yeah, that's it. That's it, really. Um, oh yeah, one thing. If uh, I know you guys are mainly um, US based, but if anyone's in the UK or around the UK, um, second Thursday of every month, uh, you go up to Warhammer World and you can play Warcry for an afternoon, uh, five until about uh, ten o'clock, and that's that's when they hold their events fairly regularly. And um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we're we're going to have some more big events um, sometime soon. And just kind of put in, you know, just another couple of plugs for the community. We have the link to the Warcry official Discord here. Uh, I'm on there as War Machine. Uh, you're on there as Often and Amusings. Uh, Fred's on there as uh, Fred Shred. Uh, but it's a great community there. Uh, and then also shout out to everyone who uh, we referenced during the uh, uh, during the uh, episode as well. You're all you all have been great. Uh, again, just love the Warcry community. Till next time, I'm War Machine. Thanks for listening. Beast player in there, and you pack tactics people into the dirt. Like, there's. <laughs> <laughs>